Games you might not have tried, but we think you should. Today on Press B to Cancel. Press B to Cancel. Speed to cancel. <laughs> like that. That was, that was very Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I thought it was that the owl from uh, the Tootsie Pop commercials. Ha one, ha two, ha three, three. I've never made it without fighting. <laughs> Are we talking about games today? I, th- I think maybe. Jake. That was Jake, the idea. No, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, today's episode, we are discussing games. Each of us has picked a game that uh, we have all played. We're pretty sure a lot of people haven't, and we think you should. So, we're going to go around the around the board here and discuss each of our games a little bit and tell each other why we should play them. And it sounded like uh, we've definitely picked an assortment that most people won't be familiar with because everybody was like, I played this one, this is the one I want, and everybody else was like, I don't know. I thought I thought we were just talking about <laughs> games that nobody's played. I was about to talk about Street Fighter 3. Ooh. I think I played that once. And... and- who are you guys? Uh, who who are you guys? Mom? Mom? <laughs> can I get a can I get a jumbo number 6 fries gravy anyway, on the side please? I am your host today, Werewolf, and I am joined by these three lovely bastards. Paul 109. Look, my parents were married for at least like 12 years before I came along, okay? GP of the retro therapy th- fame, now known as the therapy coach. Well, hello, and uh, my parents were only married for about six months before Paulsch was born. And Jake, sick Jake. Just remember, I was sick before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were never married. <laughs> Let's just tag that. <laughs> All right, so uh, who would like to go first on this one? Should I lead the charge, or would anybody else like to discuss their game first? I want to go at least third la- third, third to first. Is that how it goes? Second to last? <laughs> okay, I will go second to fourth. <laughs> this isn't solving I'll anything. kick us off? Okay, hold on, Paul. Sh- let- Paul, sh- let's rock, paper, scissors this real quick. You just tell me what you, okay. you shot. One, two, three, juice box. What'd you get? I went with scissors because I'm a normal human being. <laughs> Sounds like you yeah. lost. I, w- I wanted to, yeah. Sounds like juice he's going first. Time. So I'm going third? I'm going first. <laughs> juice box? I, that must be a Canadian thing. It is now. Yeah. We, we don't have that. We have rock, paper, scissors, and discredit the UN. Uh, so <laughs> I, <laughs> please, please edit that out. I, well, I'm not trying to get investigated by anybody, please. <laughs> Hello, CSA. Oh, shit. 
Okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like... that's the goal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if they listen in. Just please download is what we're saying. Yes. <laughs> so listen through official channels. Uh, the game I chose is uh, Metal Storm. An NES, I guess it's a platformer. Um, it's a really, really unique kind of gem of a game. Um, I'll explain it a little bit, you know, the mechanics and the, the, the development, the gameplay of it, and then I'll, I'll give you guys my history with it, if that is an agreeable format. Is this a sequel to Woodstorm? I don't believe so. Okay. But it is the prequel to the lesser-known Juicebox Storm. Okay, now, now you're talking. Let's, let's go <laughs> now you're talking. Okay, so uh, <laughs> NES, for anybody who didn't know, uh, it's an NES game. It came out February of... 1991 in North America. It was published by a group called IREM, I-R-E-M, developed by Tamtex. So all the big names came together on this one. Didn't Wasn't IREM involved in uh, R-Type? They sir were, yeah. Okay. So uh, the plot is, it's the distant future, 2501, something like that. And there's um, colonies in, of America, of, of America, sorry, of humans throughout the solar system uh and some shit goes south there is like this giant death ray on pluto which at the time was still considered a planet and it's starting to go around destroying everything okay so most recently the people of earth watched helplessly as neptune had been destroyed this i'm taking from the wiki attempts to activate the station's self uh, self-destruct system failed so they're trying to remotely blow up pluto to stop this thing from happening and a last-ditch effort the player must storm the Pluto base with the most sophisticated weaponry available, the M308 Gunner. Uh, and then we have to go flip the switch and enable the self-destruct and get the fuck out. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were talking about Rygar again. Never mind. Oh, right. No, that's, that's the distant, distant future. So anyway, if you can uh, make it all the way through these six levels or six stages, each stage has two sections, like an A and a B section, so 12 total you know, stages or whatever. Um, yeah, you activate this thing, you blow up Pluto, you get the hell out of there. And uh, this is this is one of the funniest things to me about this game. The leaders of Earth grant the gunner immortality. So, you know, like in, you in classic... Yeah, like you do. If you trust this thing enough to go and do this, maybe go ahead and just grant him immortality going in. That would make the game <laughs> a lot easier and much more expedient, and I would need fewer <laughs> continues. Dude, that's the game shower thought. <laughs> yes, right? So it's like, great. You get all the great stuff uh, rewarded afterwards, and you never get the chance. There's no new game plus with immortality. I mean, if immortality was an option, why did you need somebody to risk their life to do this? That's exactly right. Is this a limited thing that you can offer people, or is this just something you guys know how to do? Maybe give that to all of us, and so we don't got to worry about it. Anyway, so the uh, the That's thing about line. this game, say what? That's my line. <laughs> um, but anyways, yes. Uh, sorry. So no, the the very notable things about this game, the graphics are just premium for the NES. It was built at the later end of the NES thing, which I think is why it's a lesser known title. The graphics are gorgeous. The animations are wonderful without being clunky or overly animated. Uh, Moon Crystal and. Uh, 
the 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 big thing that I think this game is known for is the gravity mechanics. You can uh, reverse gravity using the power of your suit, and the entire stage, so yourself and the bad guys, will go from being you know on the ground to being on the ceiling. And the oh man, I wish I could properly explain how badass this is. If you haven't played it, just look up video of it or find it. But the entire level travels with you, and the platforming aspect is made to be a puzzle thing that requires you to utilize the gravity reversal thing uh, in order to, to make it through. And it's really, truly a very special title, considering how short of a game it is. It was, it was pretty fucking baller. I've actually seen you play some of this a little bit, and it looked super intense and pretty technically advanced for an NES game. Yes, I would say both of those things were exactly right. And for me, this is because of the nostalgia factor. When I even just hear the, I mean, you know, the the audio, the sound effects from the game, the explosions when you die, the pew, pew, pew of of the, you know, various weapons, because you can upgrade your weapons. The music is so good. The soundtrack is, yeah, this thing is just 10 out of 10 would smash. How difficult is it? Is this one of those hard NES games? I, uh, if you're new to it, there's again, it, it's a bit of a bit of a puzzle platformer. So there's a bit of a learning curve, but it's very intuitive after about one stage. So I would say out of a one to ten difficulty, I would put it at about a six. So it's it's a challenge enough to be fun, but it's definitely not NES hard, as we talk about. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of this game, but I've never played it. I don't think I've seen anybody play it. So it definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, you gotta you gotta stop by and see it. But it's it's fantastic. And I, I want to tell you my history with this real quick. Um, I had some distant relatives in the early '90s, <laughs> toward toward the end of the Cold War. Apparently, sorry, sick Jake. <laughs> I guess they weren't immortal. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. So I had some some distant relatives that my, my father had schlepped us over to Joplin, Missouri to, to hang out with. And um, I remember they had two things I had never seen before, Metal Storm and a Power Glove. And I had such a fun weekend for those two items more than any other thing. Like, And I, I left there just thinking, I have to find a way to get these things. And enough time went by and I forgot about them both that when I started trying to remember this game, I would go to used video game stores in like the late 90s uh, early 2000s, and try to explain the game to them, and nobody knew what I was talking about. So <laughs> you guys have said, this is going to be the, uh, the the discussion tonight. This is why that popped in my head. So I'm like, this is a great game very few people know about, but if, you know, once you've played it, it's hard to forget. Unless you're eight years old, like I was, and then I forgot it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, found, I found it at a used game store in Joplin a number of years later called The Book Barn, and I bought it for two ninety nine. And um, with, with the, the increased popularity, the resurgence of, of retro, uh, it's now considered like a $90 or $100 cart. Oh, and, man. But the reason I mention that is not to flex on my, my investment, <laughs> but to simply say it is one of the few games uh, that I, I would say, yes, it's actually kind of worth it. Um, there's a repro that was released a couple of years ago, one or two years ago, um, yeah, by uh, oh god, I'm trying to remember who 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 put that out. But they, it was a repro cart. They had like a little uh, figurine that came with it, and like this certificate of authenticity, all that kind, of, like the collector's edition. Oh wow! Yeah, it's made by uh, Retrobit. 
Yes, thank you, Retrobit. Uh, but yeah, a great game if you can find the repro of it or if you can find it on a multi-cart uh, or, you know, just whatever. Um, play it. it. It is a great experience. And the only thing bad about it is that it it's a shame that it, it didn't get more acclaim. What year did this come out again? Uh, in North America, 1991. Okay, so that's that's why it's near the end of the NES, so right. that's why it's so badass looking. Which I, I wish to God they had done a simultaneous release, um, as you and I had talked about before, Paul, of the NES, and then ported it also to the Super Nintendo, because it totally plays like it, it would have been great and smooth and awesome on the Super. Right. I, I just didn't realize legitimate repros were a thing. I thought they were all like pirated cards or something. No, because even Capcom did some with Mega Man X a couple years back, I think. Okay. And it was like this official huh. re-release where you'd... And it, it was a special different color cartridge. I want to say they were blue, but um, for every 10 printed, one of them was like a, a special glow-in-the-dark translucent blue or some nonsense. And it was random who would get those. So it was just like one out of every 10 people got this special pretty one. Yeah, that's ass. I hate the blind pack thing. Especially with something like that, a collector's item you're spending a fair amount of money on. No, no thanks. Though I do like the fact that the the repros that Capcom has done officially, they all put these disclaimers on them that say, may cause fire, blah, blah, blah. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm remembering. The Street Fighter one, it's a red cartridge, I think it was. Yeah. And the warning was it would catch on fire if you actually used it. I didn't realize that was a legitimate copy, though. <laughs> yeah. Put up by the company. <laughs> Even Samsung's not that bad. At least theirs was accidental when it exploded. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's my entry into the hidden gems that probably you've not played, but you definitely should go out and play. It sounds like something I want to play. Very good. Yeah, I've, I've seen you play it, and it looks awesome. But I I never get to play it myself, so might be something for Jake to stream. <laughs> a little easier than Kirby. Ooh. <laughs> look look, man. The sun and the moon is a spike in difficulty. I'm sorry if you and your kid are messiahs of gaming and you can like beat such a tough game that is Kirby, okay? At this point I just enjoy memeing you. That's okay. okay. Just say game That's just okay. say game genie to him. He shuts up. <laughs> I was, I'm trying to hold back. I'm, I'm trying not to be an asshole. Try. Oh. Try. Well, well, okay. Well, I will. Anyways. <laughs> All right. I'll go next. So mine is a PlayStation game called Klonoa. It was made by Namco. It released in March, or at least in North America, it released in March of 98. And you play as this weird little cat thing that can f use its ears to fly. Let me give you an idea of what he looks like here. So <laughs> it's this game on the surface it looks silly as hell. Uh, it's called, the, the full name of the game is Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle and Was Kingdom Hearts? What's that? <laughs> Sounds like a Kingdom Hearts type title. I know, right? Like, it just makes no sense. It's it's a very bizarre game, like the whole way through. But it that's by design. As you go through it, you start to understand. But essentially, it takes place in a dream world. But the platforming in this game 
absolutely solid. The music is all super catchy and pretty and fun. And like, this is a soundtrack I've gone out and bought. I love it that much. It's sort of a puzzle platformer. So there's a lot of solving puzzles with using enemies as uh, either a means to open a door or as an extra jump or various other things. And there's lots of hidden items in this game. So it's just this really fantastical world where you're going through areas with like upside down waterfalls or uh, a castle in the sky in a starry night or a weird forge that's collecting energy from the sun. <laughs> it's also up in the sky. So it's got these really bizarre locations. But since the whole game is bizarre, it all seems fitting. Is it like a, like Mario 64 open stage type thing? Or is it more of like a, a horizontal it, platforming type game? It is... It's 2.5D. So it's it's on rails, and it's a 3D okay. world that uses sprites, but the rails overlap and intertwine. So sometimes the path, like you can take a lower path and an upper path, and they'll branch in separate directions. And then occasionally they'll like loop over each other, and you can fall down onto a lower path somewhere you haven't been yet or something else, you know. But it's it's just got so much character... Your your plan is this cat cat kid who's like all of a sudden things are weird outside and he's like, Well, what's going on? So he goes to investigate it and all of a sudden he discovers the big bad at the end of the first world who's like, Well, I'm here to destroy the world and you can't stop me. Ha 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 and he sends his lackey to try and kill you. The adventure ensues from there, chasing him down to what literally becomes a fight for the end of the world. And then it's got kind of a sad ending. And there's there's multiple games in this franchise, so I know some people have played it. But the ending is even more sad when you realize that there's so many games in this franchise and they're all dreams. You just spoil it for me? Only a little bit, but the game is still super cute <laughs> and sweet and I highly recommend it. This is PS1, right? Yes, this is PS1. I did get a remake for the Wii. It's not as good. Yeah, because when I think of the PS1 and even the N64, the the first generation of 3D platformers, generally not great. Like uh, I know some people love Spyro and Crash and stuff, but I even Mario 64 for me is just okay. So it, I kind of don't have a lot of nostalgia for the first-gen 3D platformers. But I remember seeing some clips of this game, and I like how it's still the... It's 3D, but they, they adhere to that left-to-right horizontal-type gameplay. Oh, yeah. Which I think was good. It it's the, the platforming is really solid in this game, and as a 2D platformer, it nails everything. There's never a point where you don't make a jump and you're like, well, I got screwed on that one. Uh, no, you messed up. <laughs> yeah. Tight controls, solid music. It sounds like a, a good title to check out. That's the dangerous aspect, though, or, or, or prospect. When the game can convince you that it is infallible and it's just my lack of talent. Uh, that's, yeah. I'm intrigued. I think the, the, the aesthetic of this... Um, it, it reminds me of a, of a cross between like 
undeniably, it kind of looks like Sonic the Hedgehog, but oddly more edgy. But then also that other <laughs> Dream World uh, kind of game, I can't think of what it was called, that was on the Dreamcast. Nice, yeah. Nice. Not sad. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it looks very interesting, and I, I got to admit, um, like Jake was saying, everything that you're saying has has piqued my interest, and I'm kind of curious how I've never heard of this or even seen it because just from even looking at it, it doesn't look familiar at all. Yeah, this was, I I think I've played through a bunch of these. I've played through the first one. I've played through the second one on PS2. Uh, there was the remake of the first one on the Wii. Uh, it had two or three games on the GBA, I think. Oh, I didn't realize it was that many in the series. Yeah, and then there's even more that have not come to the West. Why was the, the Wii port no good? It's it's not that it's not good. It's just not as charming as the original. So it's not like a port. It was, it was an actual, like a remake. Yeah. Okay. Um, trying to remember what they called the, that what they called that one because it was was this analog controls or was this digital like um because the PlayStation had analog controls in late in life I think I think it just used the D pad it didn't really need analog controls since it wasn't a 3D game at least okay. not in gameplay terms so for anybody who just keeps hearing this name and not and like wants to look it up it's spelled K L O N O A. <laughs> that way oh, you know Clano what you're looking for. Oh, Klanoa. Yeah, I used to own this game. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the advertisements in video game magazines for this game where you'd see this couple, like, there's a black and white photo, really pretty, and there's this couple, like, cuddling, and one of them's going, I've got Klanoa, and the other one's like, is it, is it contagious? <laughs> I was it was say something it. like that. It was bad. I was going to make a joke when you mentioned it because it sounded like that. <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, I won't. Not just a game, also an STI. Oh, God. <laughs> I find it interesting that Namco brought it to the West and then was making jokes about the name and trying to advertise it. I've got Klonoa. Well, I've got penicillin, so we should be okay. <laughs> but yeah, like. They're going to bring a sequel. On the new consoles, Klonoa and his psychic, Chlamydia. One of my favorite things is the, the character voices in this game. Because there's quite a bit of dialogue. So, one of the characters that really sticks out for me is one of the first ones you meet. His name is Baloo. He's like this gruff version of whatever Klonoa is supposed to be, right? And while he's talking, all his dialogue is coming out on screen and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how they do all the dialogue in this game is it's just noises somebody making noises and then they use that as the vocals it's great it's that's... Star Fox that's exactly what they did in Star Fox <laughs> yeah <laughs> except Star Fox everything was <laughs> right yeah completely different than everything Werewolf just said exactly Slippy mm -hmm. Slippy they were going <laughs> and then you have to save them <laughs> So that's my game. Good choice. All right, we going rock paper juice box me and Jake. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What what are you throwing? Three, two, one, juice box again. Chlamydia. All right, I'm going. Oh. Crap. All right. <laughs> so my game is for Super Nintendo. 
for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's called... Uh, no, it's not Street Fighter 3. Sorry, the joke has already been made. Um, yeah, we're going to go with Brain Lord. It's a game I loved as a, as a kid. I still like it, actually, a lot. It's one of the carts I still have after selling like my entire Super Nintendo collection. I kept like a dozen and a half, two dozen games that I was like, these are ones I don't want to let go because I'll actually play them again. And Brain Lord's one of them. And I had to buy it twice because I think someone stole one copy. I don't know what happened. But either oh. way, it was worth getting a second time. So, um, of course, everything was bought used because, you know, I collected it. So. But anyways, this game is... Oh, God, I said it. I said it. GP, what have you done to me? I gave you Klonoa. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> this is true. I mean, anyways... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a really good game if you liked uh, Link to the Past. It's very similar. I mean, it's got puzzles in it, but the puzzles are a lot more involved. Like, there's some actual math ones. Uh, you hit the switches in the proper order. You need to move blocks and move big, gigantic steel balls <laughs> and uh, press switches. But it's it sounds really goofy, but... It's it's really involved. It's not an easy puzzle game. Uh, the first puzzle that was there, I remember as a kid, I had trouble getting it, and we had uh, a guy renting a room from us or something like he was like a boarder or something for the spare room, and he came up he came upstairs after I was playing the game and he's like, I think I figured it out, and he had it drawn out on graph paper, and I was like, oh cool. <laughs> but uh, so you'd move the blocks. There'd be like giant stones that you could move basically one tile at a time. You didn't move in tiles, by the way, but there were tiles that you work, you walked on, but you had like free reign to walk around, whatever. Um, you could walk around. These square blocks would move one tile at a time. The balls would move until they'd hit a wall. And then there were switches that would either stay, you know, you either step on them once and they'd stay down or you had to keep them pressed, you know, like a normal Zelda game. Uh, but it was really good because it was just, it was a step up from the traditional tra- uh, challenge of, Link to the Past and uh, Link's Awakening. But it, it had this more serious look to it. It wasn't as cartoony. They tried to go a little bit more sword and sorcery, a little bit less Zelda, I guess is the best way to put it. It it has some weird angle. Like, it's supposed to be... It's not quite top-down, but you can tell they're trying to give you some, some depth so they have it at an angle. And so the character's legs look really, really, really weird. <laughs> Um, everybody has like super broad shoulders, <laughs> but the game's got a lot of charm. There's a, there's a fair bit of jank to it. There, you can tell that the uh, the translation didn't get done very well, but it doesn't really impede the game so much. It's it's more about the gameplay than the story. The story is kind of I can't say bland, but it, it's you're trying to find the last dragon essentially. And find out what happened to your father, because your father was like the last dragon hunter or something like that. Uh, you can have random pets that follow you around, and they're essentially Pokemon. Instead of Pokeballs, they're kept in gems called Jade. So they're like Jade monsters, and they all do different things. So one will boost your strength, one will actually sacrifice its level, so it'll resurrect you if you die. Little things like that. So there's a different way to play through it each time, and there's a bunch of different dungeons the puzzles are in, involved enough that you can actually keep going with it and be like, hmm, okay. Uh, I, yeah, this is going to take me a while. <laughs> mm. So it, it's the music is really good. The translation's not so good, but 
all over it's it's not a perfect game by any means, but it's really worth trying, especially if you haven't played it before and you like like Link to the Past. If you like Link to the Past, it's definitely worth looking into. If you like like just sword sword and sorcery kind of stuff, check it out. It's a very simple premise, it's very simple execution. The puzzles are not so simple sometimes. Maybe I'm just bad at them. Maybe it's, you know, the puzzle equivalent of Kirby, <laughs> I don't know. But it's it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Google images of it, and honestly, the first thing that kind of pops up into mind, as, as you mentioned, was Zelda Link to the Past. But there's also some kind of character sprites and stuff that look like um, some Final yeah. Fantasy stuff. I was thinking Evermore. Yeah, it reminds me of Secret of Evermore. Yeah, it kind of has that same like shape to it. It's not quite. It's, it's a lot more blocky. It's a little bit older. But uh, it's not quite as janky as Secret of, of Evermore either, and I love that game. So, who who's the developer of this one? This one was actually it was made by Enix or produced by uh, eh, published by Enix, but it was actually made by Produce with an exclamation mark, and uh, they made yeah. <laughs> That's also the company's slogan. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Produce. And uh, so they made a few games, like they made the Seventh Saga and. Um, okay, Seventh Saga I played. They made Super Adventures Island, actually, and um, the Bomberman games, like Super Bomberman One, Two, and a couple other ones. Interesting. Sorry, what game did they make? Super Bomberman, Super Adventures and, Island, and Super is something. Super, Super Adventures, Adventures Island. Island. I was prepared for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Junkie got his fix. All right. I'm, I'm going to end it here because I'm scared he's going to do that again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the sprite work on this game actually looks pretty impressive from what I'm seeing. Yeah, it is really cool. It's just I find the the characters really look cool, but at the same time, when you're walking up and down the legs because of the uh, what foreshortening, I guess is the word, it, it, it looks a little... Looks a little weird. <laughs> oh, but, okay. But it's really satisfying to play. So it's, I yeah, you should check it out sometime. I think if anybody's going to enjoy it out of the three of us, three other guys besides me, uh, Werewolf, I think you'd like it. I, I think I remember seeing this one. Unlike uh, Klonoa, this one does kind of look familiar, the box art at least. I, I don't think I ever realized it was Brain Lord. I, I thought this was always Brian Lord. So yeah. that's a common clearly, mistake. <laughs> clearly, I at at the tender age of whatever uh, was not the brain lord, nor the Brian lord. <laughs> yeah, I think this was a game I saw on the shelf at uh, my local rental place a few times as a kid, and the box art never drew me to it to pick it up. Yeah, and the box art—it's—it was kind of like the old NES style, where you can tell that. Whoever they hired to do the box art had nothing to do with the game, so because it's like a floating fortress, kind of a floating castle in the sky. And from what I remember, there's there's no such thing in the game. Yeah, had I, had <laughs> I known this is like a Link to the Past style type game, I would have played it. Yeah, same. Uh, I thought this game was always like a Dragon Quest style RPG or something. I never really looked deep into it, but the graphics here look pretty good. Interesting, anyway. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean. It's it's one that I don't really know anybody else playing besides me, so 
I always, I always like trying to play it. Actually, I want to play it again soon. So, and also there's these pig guys in like the second dungeon that every time you hit them, they they start screaming. And I always thought they were saying the f word, but apparently they're just going buck, buck, buck. <laughs> and that there is reason enough to play it. They're so. just saying what because I, I'm pretty sure I just heard you say the f word a bunch. <laughs> See, exactly. That's why I was convinced of it in as a kid and still slightly as an adult. It's like Pikmin 2 multiplayer. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's it. I think we need I think we need some Jake into this. Well, I'm no Lord of the Bryans, <laughs> but all right, I'll go. Oh, you better. Man, I'm just none of my jokes are landing today. One none of brain them. brain to rule them all. That's because you keep playing that goddamn si- that <clears throat> fanfare. Warframe. <laughs> Warframe, yeah. What the hell is that? I, I swear, you guys keep it up, my game will be Warframe. The game that nobody plays except for me. It also takes place 65 billion years in the future. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, so the game I picked... See, I struggled in this one. I was going to pick another game called Generation Lost, and then I realized that game sucks, unfortunately. So as I scrambled, <laughs> looking around at games that might be, you know, games I, maybe people haven't played or looked over, I found the perfect game, one that I played when I was a teenager, and I may have mentioned in the past before, but I want to talk a little bit more about it, and that is Pulseman, released the Genesis, or the Mega Drive anyway, because this game on cartridge only came out in Japan in 1994, and we didn't see this come out to North America until a year or so later, on Sega Channel as an exclusive. So it never came out on its cartridge uh, overseas, only in Japan. Uh, I think later on there's a virtual console release on the Wii years later. So people may have heard of it or seen it. But if you're like me, back then with the Wii, you didn't want to spend $5 on a unknown Sega game. But this one is actually very solid, and it's made by a company almost everybody here it's, is familiar with. It's Game Freak, right? And that's Game Freak. Yeah, yeah, the Pokemon people. Oh, yeah, Game Freak, sure, right. yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, Nintendo <laughs> got Pokemon, Sega got Pulse Man. Pulse Man looks, Pulse Man looks like somebody wanted to dress up as Sonic and Knuckles, and they were like, I'm going to be Knuckles. And then they tried to make, like, a, a helmet that looked like Knuckles. Well, so that for me, when I look at the graphics of this game, it's, it's very much a mix of Sonic with some Mega Man. Except there's no unbalanced power-ups and no dildo-shaped bosses. I'm a little disappointed. He kind of looks like Batman, actually, because he's got a cowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, anything with a cowl is just like Batman. Thank you. I'm sorry, I'm looking through the images here. This is actually, like, this looks awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've seen Jake play some of this, too. And the whole time I was watching him, I was just like, what in the world is happening? This game is so fast and I can't keep up with it. Well, so actually, that's funny you say that because I actually find the gameplay a little bit slow because it does remind me a lot about Sonic. Uh, but the gameplay is a little bit slower down. But you have uh, various moves. All right? You have electrical charge blast. Uh, you have a flip kick for some reason. But you also have this move where you crumple an electrical ball and bounce around the screen. And it reminds me a lot of um, Rocket Knight, I think it was called, with similar gameplay. And controls pretty tight, uh, pretty straightforward controls, very polished, at least that aspect. The bosses 
fairly creative. There's there's one stage two boss where it's like an animated tree with cybernetic tentacles, and you gotta <laughs> bounce along its tentacles to hit it. And that sounds way dirtier than it should be, but it's pretty cool. Um, difficult though. I think I actually when you watched me stream at Wolf, I was probably struggling with some of the bosses. Some of them levels are quite difficult. Uh, but not very long game, but very polished. It was fun. A uh, little bit of cutscenes between the, the acts. Even though it was a Japanese game, it still had English audio. And I want to say all the text was in English anyway. It's it's a weird game that I'm surprised they didn't bring to the Genesis uh, in North America. It's probably because it was so late in life, maybe. I don't know. But it's definitely a fun game. But one of the reasons I want to mention it, though, was the storyline. Because a few of the games we picked on this episode kind of out there stories. And this game kind of fits with that theme for sure. Because it's the 21st century, as it is, and a scientist, Doc Yoshiyama, creates the world's most advanced AI. He calls her Sea Life. And then he falls in love with it. He digitizes himself to be with her, his creation, which might be incest, but anime stuff. They end up having a half-human, half-AI baby called Pulse Man. It's bonkers. And then this scientist goes evil and escapes and creates this gang and terrorizes the, the world. So Pulse Man, even though he's half digital, he's in the real world fighting his father, who's now evil. It's, it's a bizarre storyline. Game of Thrones, incest, tentacles, cybernetics. It's weird. But it's cute and cuddly. When you look at the graphics, it's very a very fun anime style. And when you look at Pulse Man and you look at what Game Freak does later on with Pokemon, you can kind of see where they're using the same character design style on stuff. Uh, and if, if I'm not wrong, I think the, the Pokemon, I think his name is Rotem in Pokemon, comes out in one of the later generations. He uh, He's the one that turns into a bike in the, in the latest one. His design apparently was influenced by the same character designer of, of Pulse Man. So there's some parallels a little bit. And like a lot of his moves, Volt Tackle, stuff like that, that's what Pikachu has. So you can, you can see that this is definitely a Game Freak game. <laughs> but it's it's it was a one-off. They never did sequels. There's no relation to anything else they've done in their, their catalog. I mean, they must have done Pokemon and realized why go back. But for a platformer, especially for the 90s, there were so many of these mascot-style platformers. This one's fairly solid with... Like I said, cute designs. There's some really great uh, transparency effects with the backgrounds, wide assortment of enemies. It's fairly solid. Even the music. I love the music. And one of the things I like about the theme so much is when I say like he's a digital, he goes in the digital realm or digital system. It's like not internet style, which you would expect today, but I think more like going into TVs and electric appliances type thing, you know, snow and static, uh, test patterns, that kind of style. And you don't see that kind of thing anymore. So it's definitely a product of the 90s. I think it's a, a solid game. I don't know if anybody else has played it. I'm thinking like when they go to fight stuff in Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Kind of like that, but more animated and less teenage yanks. Man, I can't handle that. <laughs> well, I can't relate then. You just ruined it for me. It's interesting looking at screenshots for this. The game looks like it pulls all sorts of inspiration from, at least visually, Sonic the Hedgehog and Alex Kidd. 
Sonic, I see, but what about how about Alex Kidd? Um, specifically, I'm thinking Alex Kidd. Seven star, Alex Kidd and the Magical Stars. I don't remember exactly what that one was called. Oh, that had the uh, the bigger tiles. I think I know the game you're talking about. I can kind of see that. Lost stars. Yeah, Alex Kidd yeah. lost stars. You know, if you if you slap on a, a really long blonde ponytail, he kind of reminds me of the Zero redesign for Mega Man Zero. <laughs> Princess Toadstool. Okay, but nobody likes Zero. No, no, nobody likes Zero. But yeah, this this visually this game is very quintessentially '90s Sega. Yeah, and it's got that Sega signature sound of the '90s as well. Uh, when you hear the soundtrack, it just you just realize this will never be on the SNES. I <laughs> I will say I have a couple of multi carts for the Genesis, and having never heard of this before or even seen this before, this is not uh, box art that looks familiar. I'm really curious to see if I have it on a multi-cart because if I do uh, that's probably what I'm going to be doing with the rest of my evening tonight is trying out Pulse Man because I'm very interested especially knowing that it has your uh, endorsement sick Jake but yeah this this looks like nothing I've ever seen so I, I wonder if I do have it because I again I never would have thought to look for it you know what I mean I never would have paid attention like on a list of games I'd be curious if you do have it on a, a multi-cart because I don't know how wide a release there was for that kind of thing. Uh, again, being only in Japan, limited. So I'd be curious if you do have it. Well, a, a lot of these multi-carts, they kind of sneak in a lot of obscure titles as well. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know tonight. I'll go and look at it because, I, like I said, I've got a couple of them, which, you know, two multi-carts is roughly 7,000 games, apparently. So, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll let you know. But like I said, it, it is a hard game. I mean, it's not as hard as Kirby, but... Okay. You'll be okay with sure. it. It's a self-burn. I'm not going to add to that. <laughs> Jake, I got one for you. It's called Mario is Missing. That one you might be able to handle. I, the hardest thing about Mario is Missing is staying awake. Yeah. <laughs> it's endurance. <laughs> it's an endurance game. <laughs> not so much to beat it, but to not fall asleep. It's, it's a precursor to Majora's Mask. Fight me, it's okay. <laughs> that was Star Tropics. <laughs> Why would you say that name? I show you nothing but love. <laughs> oh. It's the last time, I swear. Last time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you said last time. <laughs> so, now that all four of us knows each other's picks... Can we go around just one by one and say which one we're, we're most likely to try out first? Brian Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be Lord of the Brian's. Yeah, I'll start. Uh, for me, it's Brain Lord for sure. Yes. See, I, I think I got to go with Pulse Man. Um, Chlamydia is on the list as well, but this one stands out as <laughs> partially because I might already have it and we don't know about, oh my God. <laughs> it sounded bad. I might already have it. But I mean, Pulse Man. <laughs> Why does it burn when I game? Never mind. Oh, I know. That was, we got to cut. There's no way that's stuck to the tape. Let's cut that out. But uh, no, I think I got to go with Pulse Man. I want to try the others as well. But Pulse Man's going to be at my the top of my list because I really don't know if I have it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm very uninitiated when it comes to Sega. So I need to look at it. Yeah, I think there's a whole gap 
if you're a gaming background on Sega stuff. There's a, I mean, a lot of people rag on Sega, but Genesis had some really solid titles. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. For me, it's going to be probably a brain lord, especially because I, I had heard of the game before. I knew of the name. I seen the advertisements, and I completely skipped it. It's. Yes. I thought it was a Japanese RPG. I did not realize it was a Zelda-like. Had I known that, I would definitely would have played it. Yeah, same thing here. Is this what it's like to become an influencer? Man, this shit feels good. I do wonder if I might have looked into this a little closer. I'm sorry, GP, I'll let you speak in just a second. If I might have not looked more into this because I got burned on Lagoon. You actually played Lagoon? You're the only other person I know of who's ever played Lagoon. I still have it with a box and manual. Oh, wow. A little worse for wear, but I have that. So it's got to be worth at least seven bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I got to say, no, that... The intro in that game was badass enough that if the rest of the game kept up with it, then that would have been what I'd talk about, actually, because that game started out pretty strong. Yeah. And not so much. But that's another episode, I think. L- Lagoon on the SNES? <laughs> not, well, not to its own, <laughs> but w- another <laughs> assortment of games kind of episode I think that one would fit into. There you go. Yeah, I don't think there's any shortage of, like, interesting little titles that uh yeah I, I like this as a premise for an episode i think this is great and i think we could definitely come up with more um lagoon for this nest complete inbox is currently valued at 131 seriously wow yes well i'll be on ebay this somebody's weekend. going to ebay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let somebody else enjoy that game <laughs> <laughs> Also, Metal Storm yeah, is me. nice. If somebody wanted to say they were going to play Metal Storm, that that's a good game. Yeah, I was actually I'm 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 on the fence. I'm on the fence between Metal Storm and Pulse Man actually, but I think I'm leaning towards Metal Storm just because I've seen it enough that I'm like the the music enough for me is worth trying. So yeah, honestly, this entire episode uh, I've had the the stage one music playing in my head, and that's not a complaint. It's a great great track. <laughs> Pizza. All right, guys. <laughs> Cheese pizza. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. <laughs> this Dude, has I been another episode of Press B to Cancel. <laughs> Thank you all for listening in. Appreciate you so much. Why are you Once yelling? A- Am I yelling? Not now. I'm sorry. I turned on my radio voice. I apologize. Okay. Normal werewolf voice. All right, continue. Sorry. Once again, I am Werewolf, and I have been joined with Polish 109, Sick Jake, and GP of the Retro Therapy. Let us know where we can find you guys. One of you chime in first, please. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Polish 109, P-A-L-S-H 109. He's also on Twitter. Yeah, that too. And Tinder. That three. Just say no to duck lips. Anyways, Jake, you're next. <laughs> Jake. Oh. Uh, <laughs> shit, cut off guard. And hi, I'm Safe Sick Jake. I'm you find on Twitch and Twitter. No. <laughs> I'm on Twitch and Twitter. Not on Tinder. I'm married, thank you. And I'm not Lord of the Bryans, but someday I aspire to be.
GP? Uh, yeah, this is Guy Prime from the Retro Therapy. You can find me on. Now I have to think about the names of all the places because I'm afraid I'm going to say Tinder. Uh, on twitch.tv <laughs> slash the Retro Therapy. Also on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and most other social media platforms as the Retro Therapy. He's actually the therapy couch on most of that now. And I have been Werewolf. You can find me on <laughs> Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. What's that? You say you have been Werewolf? Maybe. <laughs> I'm leaving this. I'm leaving this in. Anyway, go. That's fine. <laughs> Sometimes I've been other people. You don't know me. True. True. <laughs> you don't know me. Don't judge. It's <laughs> hard. Don't do it, Jake. Don't do it. Don't you dare. All right. Fine. I, will, I won't. I won't push that button. Okay. <laughs> happy? Are you happy now? That's my safe word, by the way. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient, found on SoundCloud, or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbtocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel. <laughs>